y'all so much. We're so glad to recognize them today. It's a special day, isn't it? We get to do this, and we get to have Ron and Charlotte Ball here, too. And isn't that appropriate that we did all of this on the same weekend since they started out together here and worked here for so long? Uh, Steve came in the right year, 2002. Uh, that was a great year because that's when you moved to this location, and it really took off. And uh, Ron and Charlotte did such a great job in being instrumental in making that happen. Now, Ron Ball, as you know, is the pastor emeritus here at Woodlawn. He really needs no introduction. Uh, we, we've signed him up for life. He's, he's on staff for life. He can't get away. Even if he tries, he can move to Alabama, but, you know, we're going to find him. He's got a house up there, and he told me where it was. I got his address. Laura and I drove by to see it. We didn't have time to stop, but we did drive by. It was during COVID. We didn't think we ought to stop, so we didn't. But, uh, but then he just recently told me that now that I know where he's living, he's moving. He's going somewhere else. So I'm going to have to get Charlotte to tell me his new address. He's just moving down the road, selling his house to his daughter. And, uh, but he'll be close by, not too far outside of Enterprise. And, uh, but we're so glad to have him come. Now, Ron, he does have the Ron-isms that you heard. We, he was teaching our class. He led us, uh, our leadership team here for many years. We just thoroughly enjoyed that. And he would meet with us, and we would go, wait, 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 we got to write that one down. And we would write down his Ron-isms. He cracks us up. The one that I'll mention that was so funny to me and so clever, he said he had a guy who worked for him when he was working at Fort Rucker, and he would ask the guy, hey, how about doing this? And the guy would always say, I just don't feel led to do that. Can you believe that guy would say that? And Ron said the guy always had a notepad and a pencil in his pocket. And he would say, I just don't feel led to do that. So one day when he said that, Ron said, take that pencil out of your pocket. He said, put it between your fingers right here like this. Now twirl it. He said, you know what you're doing? You're feeling led. Now go do what I told you to. <laughs> you know, I wish I was that smart and that clever. I may call you in the future if I have a conundrum. I, I need some help. What a great guy. Now, we're so glad to have him. He was here leading some of our leadership this weekend. Charlotte's right down here with him. And we're so glad to have both of them. Let's give them a warm Woodlawn welcome back home. Okay. Thank you, sir. My privilege and pleasure always to be here. I, I told them that uh, this is like home. We lived here longer than we've ever lived anywhere at one time, 12 years in one spot. Even growing up, I went to seven different schools through the fifth grade. They finally found one that would keep me. And uh, I stayed there until I graduated. And uh, I graduated with honors, I know, because all the teachers told me it was an honor for them to see me graduate. <laughs> but we were here 12 years, and uh, wonderful family, wonderful friends. That's something you keep for a lifetime and you enjoy for a lifetime. Even when you're not together, you still think about one another and pray for one another. And that's who we are. Thank you so much for having us today, Joe and Laura, all of you, we appreciate you so much. I'd like to read from Proverbs chapter 3 today, and uh, begin at verse 5 and read through verse 8. If you have your Bible, you might want to look at it. 
or you'll remember it probably. It's good scripture to hide in your hearts. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Let's pray. Thank you for your word, your promises, the power of your truth, and for the grace you show us day by day, Lord. And I pray now the words of my mouth, the meditation of all our hearts, will be acceptable in your sight in the name of Jesus. Amen. This scripture talks to us about having our lives in alignment with God. Originally, when God made everything that is in creation, everything was perfectly lined up. Love was lined up. The food was, that was needed was there. The love that was needed was there. Everything was right in the world. And the enemy came along and through temptation drew away the attention and the commitment of the people. And it pulled them into an out-of-alignment setting. No longer were they lined up with God. They lined up with themselves after what they saw and what they wanted and what they reached out to in life. And it broke the whole planet and all that was on it. And we're still under that power today. And we call it sin. Sin. And because of sin, we're out of alignment with God. And conversion is really a call for us to get back in alignment with the love of God. You know, action that is not aligned can be chaotic. Activity that's not aligned can be chaotic. That's why they put white stripes in the middle of the road out here, which some people don't notice. That's why they put up stop signs and traffic signals, which some people think are just suggestions. And everything can get out of alignment and a lot of danger can come because of the way we're conducting ourselves. We're the ones who are in a hurry. We're the ones that want what we want when we want it. We begin to move in that direction with all that we do. And we find ourselves being broken, being separated from one another, having feelings toward one another that we don't like having, and knowing people have that toward us as well. Why? We're out of alignment. It's very important that we learn how to be in alignment. We're made in ways to be in alignment. Uh, I've had two back surgeries. That's why this chair is here, because sometimes I need to sit down. And the first one I had, 
our, my doctor said, uh, I need to go in there and work on your back. I said, what's wrong with it? He said, everything, but it's not broken. That's it. Everything else that can be wrong is wrong. I said, well, can you do anything about it? He said, I can try. And so he did. He tried. He went in, he put two long rods in there and five screws and expanders and scraped out arthritis and tried to fix a spinal stenosis and uh, bulging discs. He did all that kind of stuff in there and while I was asleep. Thank God. <laughs> and uh, after that surgery, after about a year, my bite was still bothering me, and I went back to see him and let him check me out. And he said that we were going to have to go in there, and I don't know why he said it that way. We're going to have to go in there. I'm thinking, I'm not going in there. <laughs> but he said, we're going to have to go in there and take all that stuff out because your back didn't fuse like it was supposed to in place. And he gave me a diagnosis that I bet none of you have ever had from a physician. Some people might have said this to you just in life, but I've got it from a doctor that told me this. I said, what's the problem, doctor? He said, your screws are loose. <laughs> I thought, well, people have been telling me that for years but that didn't have anything to do with my back. So they went in and took it all out. And it still bothers me. And he said, we need to go back in and do it again. I said, no, we don't. It'll have to get a lot worse. So I stand a while and I sit a while, but I'm here. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. But when you're out of alignment, it's painful. When things don't line up the way they were intended to be, it's painful. I learned that a lot of, in a lot of ways, a lot of places. I learned it when I was about nine. My mother and father took me over to my aunt and uncle's house. And they had children. And I was about nine. My They had several children. And... My cousin was about 13, about four years older than me and bigger. And like kids, my cousin thought it was time for us to have a wrestling match. So I obliged. And during the course of the wrestling match, my cousin fell on my hand and hit my finger and this index finger on this hand it knocked it out of joint completely. I mean, it's pointing in places that you normally don't think about. You can't give directions that way. You know, <laughs> where are you going? Oh, there you know. <laughs> and it hurt like the mischief. I knew something isn't right here. And so my daddy heard the ruckus and he came in and so what's wrong? And I held up my finger. He said, boy, you knocked your finger out of joint. I said, it wasn't me. He said, I can fix it. So he came over and he got it. And he pulled on it like, and, he, and it hurt. But he popped it back in place. 
And it felt so much better because it got back where it belonged. I said, thank you. He said, well, I hope you learned something about that. I said, yes, sir, I did. I'm not going to be wrestling with my cousin anymore. And I was true to my word. As long as we live, I'll never wrestle with her again. Left that off for good. Out of alignment is painful. And our hearts get out of alignment. Our minds get out of alignment. We trust in the wrong thing. We trust in ourselves and our own understanding. All our ways, we don't acknowledge him. We get out of alignment with what it was intended for us to know and to be and to do. And when we do, it's chaotic for us and sometimes even from the people around us. It's like going to the store and getting some new tires for your automobile. One thing they want to do when you get new tires put on your car, especially on the front, if it's front wheel drive, especially, they say, you need to have your alignment checked. Because you see that tire has a certain position it needs to be in to do what it's going to do without wearing it out quickly or ruining it. It has to be upright in a certain position. And if it's leaning a little like this, it's going down the road and it's wearing heavily and all the weight is on that one side. and It wears out quick and it's going to cost you a lot of money. It might even cause you to have an accident. Or if it's out of alignment this way or this way, it's like it's trying to turn to go somewhere that the driver is not going. And it's causing that tire to wear and erode and ruin and cause a problem. Our lives can be like that. It's like we're leaning in a direction and we don't need to be leaning with our choices or opportunities. And God's trying to say, straighten up and follow me. And we start leaning and leaning and leaning. And we wear out when we do that. We tire out when we get. Or we're trying to go this way and God's saying, go this way. We're in a struggle about that. We wear out because we're out of alignment. And really, that's what repentance is, is getting us back into alignment. We would say, yes, Lord, I'm saying yes to your alignment. And things work so much better, so much more wonderfully when we do that. I want us to see a little clip, if we can. It's about a crazy circle. It's a crazy circle illusion, they call it, but it's, it really demonstrates the uh, what I'm talking about, about being out of alignment, a lot of activity. And I'll give you some some info as you look at it, but watch this crazy circle illusion. You see all those circles spinning? It looks like if that was a world, they'd just be covering the world. But each ball is actually moving in a straight line. They're going to take them away in a minute and let you see this as they add them back. One line and one ball at a time. 
So yeah, it just travels in a straight line. The path that was designed for it, it stays on it. And the next one at the same time. And then the timing of it was even put into it by the one that created it. So they don't collide, don't crash, don't do damage. Their movement's not chaotic or destructive. They begin to make the progress that they need. So that together, when they follow the instructions they've been given and the path that's been laid out, they begin to have a united circle that covers the whole world. Friends, that's what God is calling the church to. Be united in a circle. Not about our own ideas, not about our own ways, but in listening to the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit can lead and guide us so that the paths he wants us to be on are followed because we're complying with that with joy because we know the one that's guiding this process is the one that's far bigger than we are, the one who have made us, who always has been and always will be. We're in alignment. You see, many times a lot of activity that isn't in alignment by anyone is just going on the spur of the moment for whatever people want to do at the time. We are a world in a hurry. But Jesus said, follow me. And as we follow him in our lives, he coordinates our lives and our opportunities with all that that he's doing everywhere else to make something beautiful as a whole that could never be if all the pieces and the parts weren't in their places and being lined up with who he is and what he's doing. It involves our moving at the right pace and the right direction. Direction's more important than speed. You can make good time going in the wrong direction. Moving at the right pace provides endurance and safety and efficiency and all those things. And it involves being with the right people for the right reasons. There's some people that we are with that help us stay on course because they encourage us. They're trying to follow Jesus. And we need to be around people who are doing that. But also, we need to know that in the world there are people who don't, and they need some people who know Jesus to be communicating with them. Not modeling them, but communicating with them and loving them, reaching out to them. There are a lot of people that will make it real easy for us to detour. They can show us every detour in the world. Jesus sent his disciples out to do ministry. In fact, he led them out. He's the one that laid out the lines they were to follow. He healed, he fed people, he talked. He pointed out God to them. He modeled it in front of them. He was showing them how to be in alignment with God in the way you live. And there are people that I have had in my life, and I know you've had some in yours, that just blessed my life. They made a difference in my life. And had it not been for them, I probably wouldn't even be here today, not where I am and doing what I'm doing. 
One of those was a pastor I had. Believe it or not, pastors can actually say something sometimes that can change your life. <laughs> As teenager, not the cousin that I wrestled with, but another one, and a friend and I had two friends that lived close by out in the country where we lived, and, and they came up and they said, hey, we've got a bunch of fireworks. You want to let's go shoot them? We said, sure. Where can we shoot them? They said, well, I said, right down below our house here, they just built a new concrete bridge over the river. Man, it will sound good down there on that bridge, not much traffic. We went down there that night. We shot those things. Man, it, it looked like the, the, the peanut festival fair fireworks going on down there in the woods. We had a big time. Came back up to the house. They went on home. We found out at, after all that was over, they'd stolen those fireworks from the man in the community that had a store where he sold them. The next day, he began to ride around and see if he could find any evidence about what went with his fireworks. He rode down below our house. He found it down there on the bridge because we didn't clean it all up. In fact, we didn't clean any of it up. So he put two and two together and got six and decided that we had taken those and went down there and exploded them. And he went to see the preacher. Thank God he went to see the preacher before he did the police. And Brother James Rich, going on to be with the Lord now, but he, he was a pastor up there where we went to church when we decided to go. We were standing out in the yard one afternoon. Same three boys. He drove up the next day, matter of fact. He said, could I talk with you boys for a moment? Nobody said anything. My, the other, my friend and my cousin, they just, you know, all of a sudden they lost their capacity to speak. And uh, I said, sure, yes, sir. And uh, he said, you all know anything about any fireworks being exploded down here below your house? Again, crickets. And I said, yes, sir. Uh, we know about it. Did y'all steal those fireworks? You know somebody stole those and he told us from. Who from? I said, we didn't, sir. We did help shoot them. We shouldn't have done that. But we did. He said, well, you know who did then? I said, yes, sir. He said, who, who took them? And I said, all due respect, sir, I, I, I'm not going to tell you. But I can tell you that it was not us. What we did was wrong, but we did not steal the fireworks. He stood there for a moment, and he looked all around at us, and he looked at me, and he said something I couldn't believe he said. He said, I believe you. I thought, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't believe me. And then he said something I've never forgotten all my life. He said, I believe you because I believe in you. Let me check this out. And I'll come back and let you know what happens. Those two boys 
had good consciences and good families, their consciences began to bother them. They went and told their parents what they'd done. Their fathers took them up to the store, talked to the man, and made a deal to work at the store until, with no pay, until they could work out enough to pay for those fireworks. I never got over that statement. I believe you because I believe in you. You know, sometimes I didn't even believe in myself. It wasn't sure that anybody else did. But he told me that. And through that witness, I think God, in that moment of prevenient grace, gave me something that continued to grow in my life. He was beginning to align me, get me where I really needed to be. You know, it's painful and you wear out quickly when you're out of alignment, physically, mentally, spiritually. The good news is, if we ask, the one who knows us better than we know ourselves loves us more than we love ourselves. And he invites us to let his hands bring us into alignment, his grace bring us into alignment, to fix what's out of joint so we can operate and live as we were intended. You know, today, all of us struggle with things, and, and you may have some things, too, that you're struggling with, where you know you're out of alignment, or somebody you love's out of alignment. Let me encourage you to pray. If you want someone to pray with you, ask some of these staff folks or some of your friends to pray with you. And begin to talk to Jesus about how do we get our lives aligned. Our whole world is out of alignment today with what God intended. Our country's out of alignment. And we need to be in the right place, at the right position, at the right pace, with the right people, under the same power to become aligned with Jesus. That's what he wants to do for me and you today. Will you give yourself to Jesus to be in alignment?